Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. October 2nd, 2022. We got you locked and loaded for at least an hour or so. We're going to see how much we can do or how much damage we got in front of us in this doggone kitchen, putting together the best meals that we can. Food for thought. Hopefully all of you can still do these dishes. We got a lot to get into, as you notably know. Let's get into a word from our sponsor uh, that has been taking care of us, and we've been doing well up until this point. Shout out to the Pennsylvania area people. This portion of our program is brought to you by PHI Apparel Company. PHI Apparel Company provides unique designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of the Philadelphia area. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt that they'll stand out in the crowd. Act now and listeners can use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. That's phiapparel.co. Co. Remember to use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off. Act now while supplies last. Hey, you heard the villain himself, Barry Jordan, my co-host on Wednesdays, does on Tuesdays, one of the co-pilots of this ship. That is first and foremost. Uh, Sports City, like I said, we got a lot to get into. Uh, MLB, the Fall Classic is approaching. Um, basketball is underway. A couple of preseason games went by, so you could just smell that that leather, the round ball, and the basketball court coming into play. And, of course, we got to talk about gridiron at the end of the day, too, uh, college and pro. So we got all of that on slate calling in by way of the Midwest region or the Southern region, however you want. He's all over the world. We have Mr. Harvey in the building. Mike, good morning. Welcome to the bunch. How are you feeling? Mike, can you hear me? I don't know if you can hear me. Oh, yeah, I got you. Yeah. Man. yeah, how you doing? I'm sorry, man. I I was talking on mute already. It's the morning. I'm good, man. How you doing? It's always a pleasure to uh to jump in and co host with you and be part of the time of Sunday morning brunch, man. And once again, my uh 
appreciation and pleasure. I mean, uh, uh, much gratitude to you for letting me be alongside, my brother. Happy Sunday. Les and happy uh, week four. Les balls on boot on boot on, so it's safe. Nah, that's, that's for the clothes, dog. That's for the clothes. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I just, I just had it. You know, let's spice up the the October out here. They call it the Indian summer, so uh, it's a beautiful thing. And, and the the leaves ain't started changing colors yet, but it, you know, you can tell the fall is coming. And um, this uh hurricane that's been like causing tragedy up and down the East Coast right now is probably on the brink of getting here. Um, but it has done its damage, at least to the the portions of the southern region right now. But it's been, you know, raining. It's, it's raining today, but we haven't got, like, at least some of the brunt of the storm. So everybody uh, that's in the wake of it, be safe. And to the people that have, you know, had things happen to them, I'm praying for you and your families and the, the lives that were lost because they said it was in the hundreds. So, uh, you know, I pray for you guys as well and all the people that are, have suffered as well in the wake of uh, Hurricane Ian. Um, so like I said, we got a ton to get into. Um, first and foremost, the MLB, I want to get that out of the way. First and foremost, the MLB is getting pretty interesting as we are approaching, um, the fall classic or AKA the postseason, which everybody is feeling pretty good about their teams except me. I just watched everything implode crazily. And before I do that, there was a, there is a game underway the Minnesota Vikings are winning up against the New Orleans Saints 13 to seven early um, because of the London uh, game or England, however you put it together. I think they're playing at Wembley. I'm not specifically sure on which stadium they are, but they usually play it in Wembley, but nevertheless, it's a close one possession game. Um, Hopefully the Saints can get this back in the game with Andy Dalton, that quarterback, James Winston is on the sideline and, and trying to help as much as he can, but, I think they'd rather have him out there. Okay, so we are yeah. going to get into that soon. Um, I just wanted to get at least the standings as at this point in time as we are getting closer to the 162nd game played in this MLB season. In the AL East, the Yankees are still in front and have clinched the division lead. They are up 97-60. to 60. Um, Behind them, the Blue Jays are 89-69, eight and a half back. The Rays are 86 and 72, 11 and a half back. Baltimore is 81 and 77, uh, 16 and a half back. Boston is 75 and 83, 22 and a half games back. The the AL Central is being led by the Cleveland Guardians, 89 and 69. The White Sox are 78 and 80, 11 games back. The Twins are 77 and 81, 12 games back. The Tigers are 64 and 93, 24 and a half back, and the Royals are 64 and 94, 25 games back. All of the Central is eliminated except the Guardians. The AL West has the Houston Astros sitting at 103 wins and 55 losses. Uh, the Seattle Mariners have made an interesting run and are in this thing, 87 and 70, 15 and a half games back from the Astros. The Angels are 72 and 86, 31 games back. The Rangers are 66 and 91, 36 and a half games back. The Oakland A's are 56 and 102, 47 games back. That's an incredible number. They are 56 and 102. The A's and they so up and down with their offense being good. It's just this, they're really bad this season. Interesting enough that I did go over the team name in the Angels. They just at least somewhat locked in Otani for the next season, signing him for a one-year deal for 30 mil. 
I don't even know how that's going to keep him quiet. I, if I was him, whatever translator he's got, cause some ruckus because if they're giving you a one year for 30, there's more. There's, there's no that there's more on the horizon how special you are to that team. But um, I guess he has to settle for that 30 at this point in time. In the National League East, the Atlanta Braves are sitting atop at 99 and 59. They're a game up on the New York Mets, who are 98 and 60 at this point in time. The Philadelphia Phillies are 85 and 73, 14 games back. The Mariners are 66 and 92, 33 games back. The Nationals are 55 and 103, 44 games back. The NL Central is being led by the St. Louis Cardinals, who are 92 and 66. The Brewers are 84 and 74, eight games back. The Chicago Cubs are 72 and 86, 20 games back. The Cincinnati Reds are 60 and 98, 32 games back. And the Pittsburgh Pirates round out the bottom of the division, 59 and 99, and they are 33 games back. The NL West have the league leading, the major league leading Los Angeles Dodgers sitting at 110 and 48, cruising um, ahead of the San Diego Padres, who are 87 and 71, 23 games back. And all three are eliminated in the San Francisco Giants with 79 and 79, 31 back. The Diamondbacks are 73 and 85, 37 games back. And the Rockies are 65 and 93, 45 games back. I must say the Dodgers have an incredible record at this point in time and are not trying to let up either. So, um, Mike, from what we got going on, what would you like to discuss before we get away from MLB as we approach the fall classic as well? The first thing really is interesting to see how these last playoff spots hit. So really quick in the American League, uh, the the teams are decided, right? It's it, The three wild cards are Toronto, Tampa, and Seattle. And as of right now, Toronto's two games up on Seattle for that second wild card, and Tampa's one back, but they've remained in and going to be in the playoffs. You know, that third wild card team gets Cleveland, and the first two wild card teams play each other, uh, you know, in that first round. So it'll be interesting to see <clears throat> how that falls. And then in the National League, I mean, we pretty much know, but one could still – you got St. San Diego, who has a two-game lead on the Brewers and – I'm sorry, on the Phillies. And then the Brewers are a game back right there. So the Brewers could still maybe catch the Phillies and knock them out. So you still got three teams right there contending for those last two spots. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that does. And then shout out. I really thought the Centrals were going to be the best two division races. Uh, You got Braves and Mets right now in the East. That one really has come down to the end. Uh, Braves, give them credit, man. They won the first two with DeGrom and Scherzer on the mound. Uh, But at the end of the day, the Mets need one, right? Uh, The Braves have had trouble closing out third games of series uh, after in which they've won the first two all season long. Sunday closeout games uh, during the day they've had trouble with. So uh, tonight the Mets' third best pitcher this year, Bassett's pitching against Charlie Morton. Uh, Those two actually matched up in a getaway game earlier this year that the Mets won. So if the Mets win this game, they're tied. But the Mets own the tiebreaker of the season series. Since there's no extra 163 this year, um, the first tiebreaker's head-to-head. And so right now those two teams are even, nine games apiece. So today is a huge game. If the Mets get today's game, then they essentially have a one-game lead, even though they'll be tied in the standings. Due to the tiebreaker, you know, if the Braves win today, 
they'd be a game, you know, uh, a second game up, and they would also have that uh, that tiebreaker. So essentially, a one game lead because you you can't finish up tied. And they both have to take care of some a little bit of business this week. But this feels like this is what's going to decide uh, the National League East. So big spot right there, and <clears throat> we'll see. It, it makes a difference. The winner plays this, the second wild card. For the right to play the Dodgers and the loser, I mean, the, the wild card team uh, has to play the other wild card. The winner of the division then would be at home, you know, to host uh, home field in the second round against either the Cardinals, who have really taken over that central and and that last wild card spot. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how, how things shake out. It's interesting how actually there's the interesting piece in parity this year in both leagues. The number one seed is going to be the Western Division champs. The number two seed is going to be the Eastern Division champs. Three is going to be Central, and then you're going to have the three wild cards. And so it just happened to follow the exact same this year. Uh, easy to follow, and it, it, there's some good teams there. We'll see what happens. Uh, <clears throat> and then obviously the final races. We'll see. Uh, that that's pretty much what we've come down to in the last three or four days. Playoff shakeout. Wild cards start Friday. And then uh, playoff rounds will start the following week. So here we go, stretch run for real. Interesting enough, the two strong teams in each league being the Houston Astros and the Los Angeles Dodgers, do you think that that could repeat itself for the third time or or make this a run where the Dodgers and the Astros could make this interesting get into a a World Series again? Because they are cruising well into the hundreds uh, with their win total on the season. Um, Houston is getting it done from all angles, and so are the Dodgers. Um, they like, of course, we see the way that they're winning, but they, I, to me, I don't feel like they're getting enough talk. Like, I don't feel like there's a lot of talking heads about them. There's more credit going around the race for how many home runs that uh, Judge can finish with on the season, and also watching Pujols uh, get to the 700 club, and he's uh, actually past 700 at this point in time. Why aren't these two teams that are doing so well at this point in time not getting enough talk, being the Astros and the Dodgers? Uh, well, I think a couple of things. A, you know, they told you, uh, they told you back in the 1990s, chicks dig the long ball, right? So, no, I mean, I think, uh, you know, the Dodgers have just been so far out in front. I mean, they they beat other teams, but they they've been so far out in front and beyond the West Coast. Sometimes, just not as much highlight. Uh, if you look at the funny thing is too, like. Freddie Freeman is leading the National League in average. He's also leading the National League in hits. Um, he's going to get 100 RBIs. He's not top five or anything. Him and Olsen are right next to each other in RBIs. But, I mean, like, what a fantastic year. This guy's going to get 200 base hits and uh, and probably win, a, win his second batting title uh, with the Dodgers. So, and then Mookie's Mookie. I mean, I, I almost think they've just been so good. And same with uh, – same with Houston. There, there hasn't been much of a race, so uh, they haven't just necessarily been mentioned first. As far as do I think it could set up a matchup, I mean, I think they're both the clear-cut favorites going in, right? I think that Houston's pitching depth is just unreal. Right? All the way through that rotation, even a couple of kids that have come up, like, uh, if you get anything out of Lance McCullers and uh, Javier ends up being in the bullpen because of it being the playoffs or whatever, like, uh, this Houston pitching staff is going to be good. I think there's a bigger lock to make the World Series out of the two. <laughs> now, now that I say that, I'll end up uh, 
repeating that I'm wrong with <laughs> But I think they're the bigger lot to make it. I think the Dodgers are a clear-cut favorite. I still wonder about their pitching depth. You know, if Urias and Kershaw don't pitch well uh, in the playoffs, I wonder if they could be had, yeah. Um, but, you know, they're the kind of team that could slug their way out of anything a lot of nights. And that's interesting because I think the Dodgers can score with a lot of teams. So I don't know why they would be part and while Houston could score as well. And, and, and Houston somehow has been able to figure the Yankees out consistently. And I think that's something the Yankees know that they have to go after Houston and, and try to get this figured out. They can't sit up here and just continue to get lumped in these situations where Houston's also gone into the Bronx and has won and, and feeling confident and in going into New York where a lot of teams feel like, uh, Yankee Stadium is the house of horror. Houston is not affected by that trip to New York City. So this is an interesting one to see how this does end up panning out, uh, going toward the Fall Classic and see who whoever is ready to make that uh, ticket get stamped uh, in the month of November for the World Series. We will see if there will be somebody playing in the East Coast or in the Midwest or on the West Coast. One way it has to go down, East, Central, or West. Okay, so we will get away from the MLB as best as possible. Again, the call number is 929-477-2759. We got a very interesting day. I'm going to try and do as best as I can to get in and out of this because it's a heavy day in front of us. I I got a good amount to talk about, especially within the NFL. The NBA is underway also, too, but I do want to get the the scores and things that have happened in the college situation that took place uh, yesterday for the beginning of the weekend. Interesting story. Excuse me. Um, across the board, especially some scares. It was some scares yesterday. People held on to their hats. People got lucky to get out of certain situations. That's right. I'm I'm using luck. It may be October. I was going to say September. Caught myself. It may be October. People got lucky. It's not March, though. Okay, so let's start out how the weekend went. We'll start Thursday with BYU beating Utah State. They won that game 38-26. to UCLA stuns Washington. At home in Los Angeles, 40 to 32. That score is way different than the way how that game was going down. But nevertheless, UCLA did come out with the win in that game. Setting off Saturday, Georgia, lucky. This is what I'm telling you. They got lucky to win this game, 26 to 22. They are lucky that Missouri didn't figure themselves out. And Missouri, I'm going to say this to you right now: you guys lost this game at the end of the game. Not not just like oh, that's the way the score outcome went. They offense didn't even want to move the ball anymore. And they started calling pass plays that he wasn't really successful on. And, and this, this this spells a lot about where Missouri's direction is going. They went into Auburn a week or two ago and had a tough game up against Auburn, lost the game, fumbling at the goal line in overtime, have a game like this up against the top-ranked team in the nation, and was winning the game the entire game. Had Georgia trying to figure out how to get away from the two-possession deficit, and Georgia figured this out in the fourth quarter and stop Missouri when it counted. Um, heart of a champion, Georgia, I got to give you credit. You guys had that heart of the champion at this point in time and not letting anything stop or deter you. Missouri, you guys blew a golden opportunity to have probably the upset of the year, um, and the kids could have stormed the field, and you guys lost that that whole situation. But I, I'll get, I know we'll probably end up getting back to it. Let me keep on going. Alabama beats Arkansas, 49-26. to 26. I thought differently about this game. The spread in Vegas was 17. I thought Arkansas being at home would probably keep the somewhat in the parameters of 17. I think Alabama heard that, answered the bell, and was like, no, Arkansas is not ready for us in the SEC. Ohio State takes the care of business up against Rutgers, 49-10. to 10. 
Michigan beats Iowa 27-14. to I really want to stop there between these two games. Um, the Big Ten, highly overrated. I'm, I'm going to say this here and now. Um, the power, they're top-heavy. A lot of teams that are in the middle or at the bottom of that conference, they're not going to be able to beat a lot of these teams. But I'll continue because I know I'm going to end up getting back here also. Uh, Clemson takes care of ends up against North Carolina State, 30-20. to USC beats Arizona State, 42-25. to Kentucky wins – excuse me, Ole Miss beats Kentucky, 22-19. to Oklahoma State wins their matchup uh, up against Baylor and Baylor, 36-25. to Penn State wins their game up against Northwestern, 17-7. to Utah blows out State 42 to 16. Oregon wins their matchup up against Stanford 45 to 27. Mississippi State upsets Texas A&M 42 to 24 in a blowout. TCU with another smasher. This I don't even know what to call this. This isn't even like a blowout. This is this is a hurricane or a tornado or something. 55 to 24 up against Oklahoma. TCU is not ranked. Oklahoma is now ranked 18th in the nation. I think with this type of loss, they should fall out. But knowing how the committee's in love with Oklahoma, they probably will be like 23rd, 22. I, I know they'll play that type of game, but they got blown out. That That's a clear-cut beating. The next one I have is the Purdue Boilermakers winning their matchup up against Minnesota, 20-10. to 10. Minnesota is now ranked. Uh, they will probably fall out with Purdue being unranked as well. Wake Forest with an upset, knocking off unbeaten Florida State 31-21 to 21 in Tallahassee, probably the shocker of the day. Another upset, too, another shocker. Georgia Tech knocks off Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania, 26-21, to and to round out the top 25, Kansas State knocks off Texas Tech, 37-28. to uh, Mike, your thoughts on the top 25 or any other games outside of the top 25 that you'd like to discuss? So, uh, next week is uh, next weekend on uh, the Texas State Fair when Oklahoma and Texas are getting together. The Big 12 game of the week is going to be in Lawrence, Kansas, where the undefeated Kansas Jayhawks, who just beat Iowa State and won other games this year, obviously, are playing the still undefeated TCU Horned Frogs, who just came off, uh, you know, as you said, that beating over uh, <clears throat> over Oklahoma. So it's these two teams in Oklahoma State that are undefeated in the Big 12, and if, it's, if there's a team from that conference that's going to be in the playoff picture, especially with it only being four teams, it's going to have to be – I mean, obviously, TCU is going to have to beat Kansas. I understand Kansas is undefeated right now, but let's not fool ourselves. Like, good start. They're not a team that's good enough to carry a banner for a conference. So, it's going to have to be TCU or Oklahoma State. I, I think that, I mean, some things would have to happen, but this is an ugly, ugly loss uh, for Oklahoma. Uh, the Georgia Tech move after they fired their coach, uh, you know, for this interim guy, good win for him. That's much more surprising to me than Pitt and Florida State out of the – I mean, uh, Florida State and Wake Forest. They were ranked right next to each other. So, I'm I'm not necessarily uh, shocked by that at all. I agree with the, the Big Ten being, being very top-heavy. Georgia's going to slip at some point this year. Uh, Alabama, Arkansas, the interesting piece to me, Alabama goes up way big early. Bryce Young goes down. 
Arkansas comes back from 28 nothing to make it 28-23. Tried a three-point, uh, tried a two-point conversion right there to cut it to three, and they were unable to execute. And they had Alabama third down and 15 on the very next possession, and then there's like a 70-something yard rush play that then turned into a touchdown, and then they couldn't keep them off the board. And so uh, it turned out a little bit more lopsided than expected, but uh, Bryce Young sprained shoulder. It'll be interesting to see what 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 happens with them moving forward. Backup quarterback, uh, you know, not having your starter, your guy that has bailed you out sometimes can be, um, you know, make it challenging. But that Alabama team had a huge second half rushing the ball, 200 yards from running back. The freshman backup quarterback had uh, – a good, bit of yard, a good bit of yards rushing and was able to make an impact with his legs as well. So we obviously didn't see the same kind of impact in the passing game and you're not, but that line uh, hung up. LSU winning at Auburn. Listen, ugly football game came back down from 17 nothing. When you've played 57 more games there and you've only won nine times, like you, you take it and you're happy to get a win. But it was not pretty, and if LSU doesn't play any better than that, they're going to finish the year 5-7 because they got a tough stretch down. I mean, they got a tough schedule. And then uh, a couple other things, Clemson winning at home, 37th straight, I think, uh, at home for them. And then you look at <laughs> Mississippi State and Mike Leach. He's had and, – and that school's had success against A&M. They're 6-5 and five since A&M has joined the uh, SEC, and that's a decisive victory. Keep telling people Jimbo's not that guy. First, the Appalachian State lost. And this is – I know this is on the road. But it's 18 points, 42-24 to Mississippi State. Uh, sizable Will Rogers now, actually second in the uh, SEC history. About to break the record for uh, completions in the conference for them. So, uh, big deal for them. I mean, we'll see. Uh, USC got tested a little bit and was able to take over in the second half. But I, I don't uh, – I'm not convinced. Georgia looked a little sluggish a week ago, struggled again this week. Uh, they have some challenges uh, moving forward. Oh, yeah, I mean, Ole Miss-Kentucky, another interesting game, too. It comes down to a field goal. But um, it's uh, it, it sets up well for the rest of October and things moving forward. These teams really starting to get into uh, the meat of their conference schedules in those games week in and week out. So uh, that's what I got, my response. Okay, I do have an interesting one that I do want to talk about. The UConn Huskies finally get a win up against an interesting team. I don't want to say great, good, mediocre, so on and so forth, but they beat the Fresno State Bulldogs coming across the country. They won this game 19-14. They were 23-and-a-half underdogs and won this game in Connecticut. And, and the way the Huskies are, they are so bad that the governor said he's getting involved to try to help this program out. Hopefully this could turn them around within the next season. I'm not going to say anything about this season being a thing for UConn uh, football-wise. I know that this is a, a game that they needed to get at least one win on the board, a respectable one, because everybody else has been taking their turns beating up on UConn. Me living here, I have to give that some type of credit because UConn has been bad at least for the past three or four seasons. And then for them to pull this off, especially being heavy underdogs as bad as they were, and for them to pull this off, I tip my hat, UConn. Hopefully you guys can turn this around, pull off probably three or four wins within the season, 
But I know everybody's going to be like, not us. I don't want to be the next team to lose to them. I, I know that characteristic that follows within the locker room. But everything else we pretty much covered college football-wise. Please be careful on what you guys do with Syracuse. The Orange are for real. They, they're not the Orange men anymore. I remember back in the day they used to be the Orange men, but the Orange are for real. They came up with a big shutout, 59 and nothing, up against Wagner. That's why I didn't really want to study that, but that's a big blowout, and they are taking care of business across the board as well. Um, other than that, I mean, maybe uh, the Texas game beating West Virginia. Um, the other thing I did want to talk about Big Ten-wise, for them to have Michigan State have a good season last year, uh, Kenneth Walker going to the NFL – Kenneth Walker was everything to that team. They could have actually made it a good game up against Ohio State last year. They lost when they stopped giving him the ball. Now look at this team. This team lost to Maryland, and Maryland's not that good. I want to say mediocre. Michigan State definitely should have made this a game for them to lose a a two-possession game. I wonder where that is uh, on their spectrum to get better uh, in the Big Ten. I I have my issues with the Big Ten. I'm sorry. Um, Between Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, that's really it for me it. in the Big Ten. That That's it. Everybody else, it. stunningly bad. Iowa in their game yesterday up against Michigan, it was like they were punting every series. They they did not move the ball at all. They didn't <laughs> score until later. Like, it, it looked horrible. Um, Iowa's always been a good team that had running backs, like people that could run the ball. Their quarterback play has always been the question mark if they can actually have a fluent passer of the ball. And and it's still showing. Um, and I was a, a team you have to respect. And, and also Nebraska being there, and everybody wanted Nebraska to turn that thing around. They fired coach after coach after coach, and I don't think they could get out of their way. Also, so Big Ten, I, I have my issues with you. So I am going to get away from hey, that. I am going to get into the. Hey, real oh, quick, go ahead. I'm sorry. Home loss again, and this doesn't happen very much uh, for this program. But Wisconsin loses at home. I mean, to a Big Ten school, but I think it's Illinois. But Wisconsin lost uh, pretty soundly at home yesterday too. So you mentioned Michigan State right there, and that loss to Maryland. Wisconsin losing at home as well. Another kind of uh, black eye for the Big Ten. If you have a strong defensive front, you can beat Wisconsin. Wisconsin always has those six foot four, six foot five, three hundred thirty pound linemen that can move people, and they can just run the ball effectively. If you have defensive linemen that can fight back with them and not get bullied up front, I I test them and I challenge them right now with the words that are coming out of me right now if they can pass the ball. Whenever Wisconsin can be a sound passing unit, I, I challenge that. Uh, the only receiver I can really think of out of Wisconsin is on the Lions, a team that I love, and that's Quintess Cephas. Other than that, I can't think of really, you know, too many receivers that have come out there and you could talk about not their passing Lee game. Evans. You, you, not since yeah, well, how long ago was Lee Evans coming out of Wisconsin? That's that's the early two thousand years. That that like I'm, I'm saying recent history, you know. So <clears throat> with with that being said, um, you had your Monty Balls, you had your Ron Danes, uh, you had your Jonathan Taylors. They could run the ball effectively because they could win up front. Oh, and Melvin Gordon too. They they have running back that could get the job done. But if they if they're behind, Wisconsin's always a threat to lose because they can't pass their way back into a game. So. Big Ten, I'm going to always have my issue until you prove me wrong. I, I'm almost in a situation where I feel like Cowherd, the way Cowherd calls people out. I don't like to do that, I don't, I, you know, because I know how vicious karma can be. But um, Big Ten, you guys get a lot of credit for not. And um, for what, you know, the coach in Michigan State, for them to give him a ton of money and for him to actually have this type of loss at this point in time up against Maryland, 
you you got to prove it to me that you can turn this thing around. It's looking like you know the the bad days of when D'Antonio was coaching Michigan State when he was doing good, he was hot. When they were bad, they'd be three and eight and three and seven. And look, no, no, that that has to stop. You can't just be hot one season and then below average the next. That I I just I'm not buying that. Okay, so I try to save us a valuable amount of time because I know. We're we're NFL heavy in here, and I don't like rushing out of the door, rushing our picks, or saying, you know what, who says that this team can't win? Because the next thing you know, a team like Jacksonville could go across the country and go into California and beat the living crap out of the Chargers. I'm not doing that. I'm trying my best to save face for my entire chef unit here in the kitchen. That is for sure. So I'm going to try and get discussions out of everybody that, you know, calls in. The call the number is 929-477-2759. We got you locked and loaded for at least the next 60. So um, we are going to get into these games, and the Vikings are taking care of business up against the Saints 16-7. to um, This is in the third quarter, 428 left to go. The Saints are actually on the goal line getting ready to punch this thing in. The next matchup I have, the Cleveland Browns are going into Atlanta up against the Falcons. The This is basically a pick em. The Browns are favored by one point. Mike, who do you like in this game, Cleveland or Atlanta? You know, I've gone back and forth in this. By the way, Latavius Murray, former Viking, welcome back to New Orleans, just scores a touchdown in the third quarter right here to pull the Saints within – uh, 16-14. So, uh, Saints have been able to hold up some defensively and bend but not break uh, other than the first Vikings drive. So, they uh, are at least back in this game. It's going to take a couple more stops. But it's about to be 16-14 with Vikings getting the ball back. I like Cleveland. I've gone back and forth. I've wanted to pick Atlanta multiple times. Uh, I'm just not sure that uh, – Atlanta can really stop that rushing attack, and so I'm going to go with Cleveland. Okay, this is interesting. This is where we split the hairs here, me and you. I'm going with Atlanta to get this job done, and I hate to try to take advantage of a situation right now, but uh, Miles Garrett's accident and injury, um, I don't like that with him on, you know, outside of his defense. Um, they They need their help. Um, I think Jacoby Brissett will be in trouble in Atlanta. I, I know that this might be one of those firestorm type of games and, and who scores and does this type of damage within this game, but I'm going Atlanta to pull this off. I don't know if this is an upset because even Vegas is saying this is a one-point favor in front of Cleveland. you got to win by a point. So that, to me, that's a pick em. I'm going with Atlanta to get the job done in the state of Georgia. Um, we do have Chandler in the building. Mr. Knight, welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? Uh, I'm doing okay. Me much better. What's going on, folks? You're doing all right. Uh, so, so, so since you got here, can you can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I got you. Okay, so so since you just got here, you're, you're right on the storm right now for the pick of the game. Who do you like, Cleveland or Atlanta? Uh, Cleveland. Uh, you know, I don't trust Marcus Mario to save save his own life, let much less mine. He just he just won a game. He just won a game. Be careful. He just won a game. He won a game. He he won a game that was gifted to them. Stop it. This could be another one. This, listen, Jacoby nah. Brissett or or Marcus or Marcus Mariota. This is interesting. I will always take Jacoby Brissett over Marcus Mariota. 
Okay, I, I'll clear it alone. No problem. I, okay. that, I, just like to, I think the Browns just have a more talented team, but we'll see. Okay, the next matchup I have, I will start with you on this one, Mike. Uh, who do you like, the Commanders or the Cowboys? This is taking place in Dallas. Dallas is favored by three. This is another one I've kind of, uh, I've kind of been back and forth on a lot in Washington and Dallas. I think that the Cowboys have been able to run the ball and do just enough. Uh, make Cooper Rush has been able to make just enough a few throws. You said this game is in Dallas. Yes. Okay. I I just think that they could do enough. I think that's a better team. Uh, it, watching how much uh, Wentz got beat up last week, I'm just I'm just not impressed with anything I'm seeing from this uh, Commanders team. Though I know that defense is still solid, so I'll go the Cowboys at home. Chandler, who do you like in this matchup, Washington or Dallas? It's in Texas. I'm taking Washington. Um, I think Washington is is going to win. Um, the one thing with Ron Rivera is I don't like him as a coach. But whenever he gets embarrassed, his team usually plays well the next week. This is all set up for Dallas to be successful, which is when they're usually the least successful. So this, this smells to me of a team that's smelling itself. Cooper Clutch, all that nonsense. Yeah, I'm taking Washington. And keep in mind, I can't stand Ron Rivera. Until they prove it to me, Chandler, I want to go with the Commanders, but they have been playing sluggish. They can't get out of their way. The strength of that team, to me, is their wide receiver core. I think they could call havoc to a lot of secondaries, but they have to get it done in all three phases. In defense as well, I, they have to come up with stops up against this team, and Michael Gallup does return from his injury from last season as well. Uh, I'm going to go Cowboys at this point in time, but I, I do see what you're cooking. I think that the upset could be on the horizon for Vegas to get one over on the people. So watch closely for this one. My popcorn is ready. The next match we have are the Seattle Seahawks entering Ford Field up against the Detroit Lions. Chandler, I'm coming to you first. Who do you like in this matchup? Seattle or Detroit? Detroit is missing five starters in this game. But they have Jamal Williams. Um, and Geno Smith is still a quarterback in Seattle last I checked. They already played the Super Bowl. Um, Seattle is not going to win another game the rest of the year. Take Detroit all the way. Mike, who do you like in this game? Detroit is favored by three and a half in Michigan. Uh, that's funny. I think that's a... That's a very bold statement, and <laughs> they won't win another game the rest of the year. I don't know about that. I still think they're going to be in the in the quarterback sweepstakes for their pick of a of a, of a premium top target at that position. But I don't know that outlook is that bad. That's pretty rough. Uh, but I do think that even without these starters, uh, you know, Detroit can run the ball. Jamal Williams, they got a, a backup. I mean, they got an offensive line to, to hold up. And it, it's interesting because they're continuing to get pieces. That offense is explosive. Um, and Seattle, even in the one game that they won, were kind of a dink and dunk type team. Uh, like, this is a case of 
if you can't run with the dogs, you better stay on the porch. And, and Seattle might as well because uh, lions are king of the jungle again today. And take care of Seattle. Well, look at this. Everybody is running with Michigan. I am extremely nervous because you guys know I'm a diehard fan. They're doing it too easy for me. Um, there are a lot of pieces. And um, the one that's making me the maddest is DJ Chark. Um, he's been able to finish a lot of these games, and he's injured and out for the game um, and trying to make a name for himself with this roster. Um, Detroit is going to have to do a lot of interesting patchwork with the receivers that are available with Khalif Raymond uh, and Quintus Cephas. But nevertheless, Josh Reynolds was injured, but he, he's actually giving it a go. And the guy that I wanted to play was Tom Kennedy. He is now active on this roster. I hope he's able to do something effective for this team because I wanted him on the roster. Now, just to be on a practice squad and waiting for his turn, now his turn is here. This guy is an awesome receiver to be his size, 5'10", 200-pound guy that can actually win jump balls and be a, a guy on the slide and cause damage too. So I'm hoping that he can have an effective day in a game. The Lions must win, not even a need to. Or This is a must-win game up against Seattle where, you know, they said these are the games they should win, so on and so forth. Seattle's not a good team, but they can cause that difficulty because Pete Carroll's an interesting coach. I'm going with Detroit. Of course, my homer hat is on, but I feel like they still have enough guns offensively to at least go to war with Geno and company, too. Even though they got DK and Tyler Lockett, I feel like we can go to war and score with them as well. I'm, I'm going with Detroit to get this thing taken care of. The next matchup I'm going to go first, the Tennessee Titans are visiting Indianapolis uh, in Lucas Oil. I'm going to go with the Colts to get this figured out. The Colts are actually favored by four. I really feel bad for one person, and I'm not going to lie. I'm a big fan of his. Derrick Henry, they're going to end up getting you killed if they don't bring you any help in that receiving core. And um, Tannehill's going to have to prove that they gave him $100, for, $100 million for a reason. He's going to have to earn that money. Until he can prove it, especially up against an interesting defense in Indianapolis, I'm going with Jonathan Taylor and company to get this done in a division battle up against the Tennessee Titans. Um, Mike, I'll come to you next on this one. Who do you like, Tennessee or Indianapolis? The Colts, again, are favored by four at home. I'm going to go with the Colts because they're at home. Listen, I think Drew is definitely still out on both of these teams. Uh, we know they're both one and two. The only game the Titans did win – they were really able to get Derrick Henry going, establish the game through him. But, I mean, they don't look very good passing the ball. Even this Traylon Burks, this rookie, looks maybe going to be something at some point, but uh, he's not really impressing me yet. This this is a team that's still got a lot of work to do. Uh, Indianapolis, the Colts have been disappointing early, too. I still say going into the season, I think they could, very, they could win this division this year. Um, at the end of the day, this is a game that they're going to have to have in order to do so. So let's say they win today. And I don't know about the points. I think this is an ugly game. It could be 10-7, to 7, so I wouldn't touch points one way or the other. But I think the Colts find a way to win today. Taylor, who do you like in this game? The Nashville, a.k.a. Tennessee Titans, are visiting the Indianapolis Colts in Indiana. Who do you like? Well, Matt Ryan didn't retire yet, right? So I'm taking uh, Tennessee. Um, really? That Colts team looks that Colts team looks actually worse with Ryan 
than they did with wins. And that's saying something. Um, I never thought Matt Ryan was you know, the right signing for them because he doesn't fit what Frank Wright wants to do. That's why the offense looks so disjointed. So I'm taking Tennessee, and I'm going to pick it to be close. Blowout. Whoa. I, I'm watching this closely. Uh, okay. Listen, more than more than 14? No, I think it's like 10 to 12. Okay, two-possession game. Okay, fair enough. Okay, I like that. I didn't want – if you would have said like 17 or something, I would have been shocked if you pulled this one off. But nevertheless, even if you say double-digit, that's still a shocker to me. Especially with – to me, I don't feel like they have enough guns to put up quality points up against the Colts, but we will see. I am going to watch this closely. The next matchup we have are the Chicago Bears going into New York up against the Giants. The Giants are now three and one on the two and one. Excuse me, I'm already pegging them for another win. They're two and one on the season. Lost an interesting game last week up against Dallas on Monday night. The Giants are favored by three points in the Meadowlands. The kicker for the Bears is out in Santos, and also Montgomery, the running back, is out for this game too. This makes it pretty tough for the Bears to try to get this one done. Tanner, I'll let you set it off. The Bears or the Giants? The Giants are in MetLife. This should be a Giants win. Um, the Bears head coach obviously doesn't have a full-on offense. Um, why they're keeping Justin Fields from actually throwing the ball? Well, they get yeah, offensive line is bad, but there's still things you could do. Um, they don't have their kicker. I want to take the Giants, and I know Saquon's going to have another good game. But I think somehow Justin Fields scrambles late and gets them some points. Um, I think the Bears squeak it out, man. I think the Bears squeak it out. Whoa. This is a shocker. Okay. Um, I'm going to go next. I'm actually going Giants. I think the Giants get this done. Um, With them actually missing Montgomery uh, being a quality running back in that system, that's actually a question to see if Fields can make that defense bite. And uh, open things up, and, and that's one thing about the Bears. They're trying to get him in space and run the bootleg a lot for him to make passes downfield, and it works. I'm not going to say it doesn't work, but I think the Giants get this thing figured out and uh, win this one. Uh, to continue on, to stay atop the NFC East, they, they are up there, so you got to respect them. Uh, Mike, who do you like in this matchup, the Chicago Bears or the New York Giants? The Giants are favored by a field goal. You know, with it being I, – I think this is a close game. I think the Giants have, uh, are looking a little bit better. I think they can get pressure and make Fields' life kind of uh, difficult at the end of the day. I just think that I like the Giants' offensive line a little bit better. I, I like their – run game and what we've seen out of uh, Saquon Barkley better. But I will say this. If you have Khalil Herbert or if he's available somewhere to grab him, he's already been the more impressive running back uh, a couple hundred yard games already uh, on less carries, right, than uh, what Montgomery's been getting. So uh, I'm not sure as long as he's able to remain healthy through the game that the Bears rushing attack takes a huge hit without Montgomery but I still think the Giants are the better team. Real quick update from London. 
Uh, field goals there by the Vikings. Saints defense was able to keep them out of the end zone again. So it's 19-14 very early in the fourth. Uh, Saints about to receive from the Vikings. Okay, the next match that we have, Mike, I'm coming right back to you. Uh, this is the, probably one of the games of the day that a lot of people are watching. The Jacksonville Jaguars are 2-1 and one on the season going up against the 3-0 and oh Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are favored by 6.5. Who do you like and why? I like the Eagles, and I think they're going to cover. I, I, I do. I, I think that Jacksonville is playing well. I think, you know, some people said going in, I was one that said they could win more games than uh, that people uh, – People thought, but in the words of the uh, in the words of Denny Green, if you want to crown them, crown them. I'm not, I'm not crowning them. Uh, rest in power, Denny. Uh, I'm not crowning them at all. And I think that this is this Phillies team. Assuming that they show me they can beat the Cowboys later in the year, uh, this Phillies team is probably a division champion. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see what Jacksonville can do, but. I think Philly wins. Uh, I'll take the Eagles today uh, over the Jags. Okay. I'm actually agreeing with you. I'm going with the the Eagles to get this done. Jacksonville did come up with a huge win up against the Chargers. If they beat Philly, I'm on note. I don't don't want to talk about the rest of the country or anybody else that hears my voice. I'm on note. I need to respect Jacksonville more. Jacksonville proved to me that that wasn't a fluke that you did in Los Angeles. I give you credit for the win. Don't don't get me wrong. I give you credit for going across the country and beating the living Pope out of the Chargers. And I am going to start to question Justin Herbert. He may be a quality passer. He may be a good scrambler, but he may be overrated. He may be overrated up against the Jacksonville Jaguars defense that you should be able to beat. There was a Texan team last year that you were able to beat, and you've been losing these games that you needed to win. So this is something interesting for the Chargers. We'll get there shortly, but I'm going with the Eagles to get this done. Trevor Lawrence, if you could pull this off, I respect the Jaguars, and I need to pay more attention to what you guys are doing. Um, The next matchup, no, excuse me, Chandler. Chandler, your thoughts on this game. Jacksonville or Philadelphia in the link. The Eagles are favored by six and a half. I think Philly wins 11 to 13 games this year. One of their losses is going to be today. Um, I like, listen, I am not a Trevor Lawrence hype guy. Um, I didn't think he was the best quarterback coming out of that draft. But I like what Doug Peterson is doing with him. I like that team that they put around him. Um, I, You know what? Uh, a lot of people are going to lose some money big that six-point thing. Because even if Philly wins, it ain't going to be by six. It's going to be by one or two. But I'm taking Jacksonville. Chandler is upset city. So I'm coming right back to you, Mr. Upset himself. The Jets are going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a very interesting matchup. I've been scratching my head all day on who I want to go with. Do I want to go with the potential return of Wilson? Do I want to go with Trubisky that doesn't know if he wants to be the starter or not? Even though I respect Tomlin a lot as a head coach, they just haven't really figured out where they need to get their foot going forward into this season. Who do you like, the Jets or the Steelers in Pittsburgh? And their favorite and the Steelers favored by three. The Jets are one in ten against the Steelers all the time. I don't care who the quarterback is there for the Jets, they can't beat the Steelers. It's the Steelers. Um although I think there's I think there's a Kenny Pickett side today. 
because Kenny Pickett's signing today. But I'm taking the Steelers because Zach Wilson ain't good. Never should have been that pick that he was. Um, Robert Sala's a clown, and the Jets can't beat the Steelers. So I'm going Jets. I'm going Steelers all the way. I thought Sally was a good coach. Okay. Uh, Mike, your, your thoughts on this one? Do you like the Jets or the Steelers? The Steelers are favored at home by a field goal. So, actually, I've gone back and forth on this, and that sounds crazy, but uh, the Jets-Baltimore score was closer than – I mean, that game was closer than the score looked. And the next week I said, watch out. I didn't think that Cleveland would uh, – uh, covering, I thought it was possible the Jets could win, and lo and behold, they did um, against the Cleveland Browns. So it's it's not as far-fetched as you would think uh, for the Jets to win this game. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, I don't know if we see a picket sighting or not, but I think Pittsburgh can make enough plays. And the other thing is, is I think that defense is tough enough to be able to I uh, really harassed Zach Wilson. At the end of the day, I still trust the Steelers' defense more than I do that of the Jets. I think that uh, points could be at a premium in this football game. And by the way, Thomas, it's interesting what happens when it's a one-possession game, even if you're behind, but when it's only a one-possession game. The Saints have already run, and this is very early in the fourth quarter, they've already run the ball more times in this quarter to, uh, in the fourth quarter today then they've run the ball combined in the fourth quarter in their first three games this season. Uh, I think that's trying to show if they trust Andy Dalton or not at this point in time. Um, Andy Dalton still has to prove that he can actually be a backup at this point in time when he was once a starter. Um, but nevertheless, he has a quality amount of weapons around him. Hopefully the Saints will get back into that game. But nevertheless, I'm on the Jets and Steelers at this point in time. I am going to go with the Steelers. I feel like the Steelers' defense can slow the Jets up. Um, if the Jets pull this one off, uh, I, I need to apologize. I don't I don't feel like their run game is effective enough. I, I feel like they need more on the outside in their receiving game. Their defense has always been the strength of the Jets. I think this is what can keep them in the game. Um, but if they can actually get home and get to Trubisky, sack him a couple times, make him be erratic, and pull this off, I agree with Chandler. They probably will enter Kenny Pickett in later of the the latter portion of this game or definitely in the next game uh, if they lose convincingly. So we we are all on watch, especially while this is week four, and this is at least the first quarter of the season. So if they lose, the Steelers may be on that edge to ready to jump towards Pickett. The next matchup I have are the Buffalo Bills going up against the Baltimore Ravens, this is one of the games of the day. Get your popcorn ready. I will go first. I'm actually going with the one that a lot of people are not going with. I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, a lot of people are pegging him to be the MVP. I think he's in the talks. Um, a lot of people say that he can't make the throw, so on and so forth. He's been making the throws. Um, he's, of course, he's a natural scrambler, can make things happen on the field and make your defense basically have to guess. Buffalo's a three-point favorite in Maryland, no less. So that that is interesting enough for Buffalo. But what makes this interesting is, is now that Lamar is making these passes, Buffalo's secondary is depleted. They are hurt across the board in that back end. If these young guys that are on the field for Buffalo can't make plays, this probably will help Lamar out tremendously uh, in both aspects of the game, whether running the ball with the running backs, including himself, if they are playing good defense out there, and himself, you know, like, it, it, this is. I think this could be a quality win for Baltimore. So 
to pull this off up against a team where they're looking at Buffalo as being one of the Super Bowl representatives this season. I'm going with Baltimore at home. Um, Mike, I'll come to you next on this one. Who do you like, uh, the Bills or the Ravens? Baltimore is the underdog by three. You know, this is an interesting game. Uh, I, I definitely going to be going to be a shootout. I'm I'm excited to watch this one. You're right. This is definitely a popcorn ready game. Uh, this is one of those games. I feel like if Buffalo had won last week, I would have even been more likely to take. Baltimore, but I almost wonder if after the Miami loss last week, if there's not a little bit of extra attention to detail paid this week, and and so they're a little bit sharper bouncing back. I'm gonna say Buffalo ekes it out. This is the second one that we uh, that we differ on today, but I'm gonna say the Bills uh, favor on the road win. And by the way, just a quick update: touchdown and a two point conversion for the Saints. It is now 22 to 19 in the fourth quarter still um, in London. Thomas, I think okay, next up, next up, Chandler. Chandler, uh, I, I sure was going. I sure was talking on mute too. Chandler, your your thoughts on this game? <laughs> Buffalo, <laughs> Buffalo or Baltimore? Uh, it's in Maryland. The Bills are favored by three. Uh, the Baltimore defense is trash. Um, they made a mistake letting go of This guy uh, that they got back from Michigan, he hasn't figured out how to be an NFL coordinator yet. He was assistant. He ain't figured out how to be a coordinator yet. They're giving him too many points. Lamar is going to be Lamar. I think he has, what, 10 touchdowns already and only two interceptions through three games. Lamar is going to account for about six scores. And the defense is gonna give it up late. So unfortunately, I gotta go to Buffalo, but not because of of, of the offense, but because the defense has been trash all season. I stand alone, Sports City. I stand alone. Okay, the next matchup. I'm gonna go first on this one. We have the Los Angeles Chargers going to the same scene of the crime last year up against the Houston Texans, in which the Texans beat them last year. And we have this, it's almost the same matchup, even though this this time Herbert is injured, but he's playing. Um, I'll go first. I'm going to go with, and, and by the way, let me let me just say this, the Chargers are favored by six. I'm going to go with the Texans to get the upset. I'm saying this today. I'm saying this today. There's a lot of hype and hope into these Chargers. The Chargers, y'all have to prove it to me, that y'all could beat a scrappy team in Houston that have lost their games by one-possession games. They also had a tie-up against the Colts team that I feel the Colts are better than them. They kept it close. So I think they're eking for that win for Lovey Smith. And as much as I'm not a big fan of Lovey's, I think they have to get it done for him here and now. I think the Chargers have the potential to win and blow this game out. But I feel like the Texans will make this interesting. While that six-point uh you know, spread that Vegas is putting out. I feel like that's fish bait. People will bite. Hook, line, and sinker. I'm going with Houston. We got a problem. I will come to you next on this one, Chandler. Who do you like, the Chargers or the Texans? 
the Texans are underdogs by six. Uh, I'm taking the, uh, the, 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 the the Texans as well because last I checked, Rip Carlich don't heal that quick. Justin Herbert shouldn't have played last week. He probably shouldn't have played this week. Um, the, the head coach is a clown um, who left an injured quarterback in a game where you were down multiple scores. Uh, we all play sports. We won't have rib injuries. They don't heal that quick when you keep getting hit. Funny how that works. No, I'm taking the Texans. Um, hell, I, I'd be surprised, I won't be surprised if Herbert winds up out of the game by halftime. But yeah, I'm taking the Texans. Mike, who do you like in this game? Chargers or Texans? It's in Houston. You know, I, I guess I'm going to go out on an island, and I may be wrong, but at least it, for today, at least, I'm willing to die on this hill. I think the Chargers have enough pride to bounce back and get this game, even though it's on the road. I do think it's ugly, though, and I think Houston covers. Uh, like, I, I think it could be something ugly, like a field goal at the end or something. Uh, but I think the Chargers are going to find a way to scratch this out. Okay. Now we get to the 4 o'clock Eastern Standard. The Arizona Cardinals go to Charlotte up against the Carolina Panthers. This is basically a pick em. Carolina's favored by a point. Um, Mike, I'll come to you first on this one. Who do you like, Cardinals or Panthers, and why? Um. This is a tough game, man, like, to really pick. I don't really see a lot in either one of these these teams. Uh, I guess McCaffrey is going to play. Uh, last I saw, so I know there was some talk that, that he might not earlier in the week, but even if he's a little bit overrated, I still think Kyler Murray is the better quarterback in this game. Um, so I'm going to say the Cardinals, but I don't like it. <laughs> I agree with you. There's something about Baker that I feel like something interesting could happen in this game, and I can't really trust it. Um, Chandler, I'll come to you next on this one before I go. Your thoughts, Cardinals or Panthers, who do you like and why? I don't like either team, honestly. <laughs> can, I say can I say neither? Uh, right. right. Uh, right. <laughs> I'm gonna go Cardinals. I'm gonna go Cardinals only because I trust Kyler Murray a tad bit more than I than I trust Baker Mayfield. And plus, the Panthers won last week, which means Baker's feeling himself, so they'll lose this week. And again, Christian McCaffrey is injured, but he's giving it a go. This guy is so injury prone. It, it's sad to see him like this, and how much of the the aura around him is a lot of people wanted him to see see him do well. And being a fantasy running back, a lot of people want to see him get picked up. He hasn't really been there for this organization. Hopefully, he can go out there and make something happen. I agree with the panel. I'm going with the Cardinals as well. I feel like they'll make this an interesting game. I think Baker will have that crowd at the edge of their seat, and it's a four o'clock start. So um, everybody gets to fill the Bank of America Stadium as best as possible, but I think they will end up falling short to the Redbirds, a.k.a. the Cardinals. I'm going to agree with the panel. The next matchup, I really want to say do they have a shot, but I'm going to go across the board because I've, I've got my toe stubbed on this one. The Patriots are going to Lambeau up against the Packers. The Packers are at this point nine-and-a-half favorites. 
in Lambeau. Um, I'm going to go to you first on this one, Chandler. Who do you like, Patriots or Packers? The Packers are favored by nine and a half. Who? I, I, I didn't. Sorry, I was reading the text. Who, who the Packers playing? The Patriots. Oh, oh yeah, that's Packers. That's a blowout, man. Um, <laughs> that's like a twenty-one point loss. That's all Packers. Okay, um, Mike, your thoughts on this one? Patriots or Packers? The Packers are favored by nine and a half. Well, you're not going to just ask, does anybody have a chance? But we might as well not spend a lot of time on it. I think Packers win today. Especially if Brian Hoy is playing quarterback. But I still think either way, uh, I think you could put Tom Brady at quarterback and uh, Packers win this game. Okay, we well, we could have did it for the sake of the point spread then if that was that case. I agree with everybody. I think the Packers do win this game. Um, if I'm doing it for the sake of the spread, I still feel the Packers are going to win by double digits to cover the nine and a half. I think the Patriots are in trouble with, with Hoyer as a quarterback. Hoyer is still that quarterback that had me scratching my head up against the, the Chiefs like, what, what are you doing with timeouts and watch the clock run out in a game that they could have won? Um, I just don't believe in Warrior, but he must know where Kraft and Belichick hit the body because he keeps the job in New England. No matter what, they will continue to pay him. He'll continue to be a backup. Somebody gets hurt. Hoyer is the next quarterback in line. I'm going with the Packers to pull this off and improve their record on the season to three and one. The next matchup I have are the Denver Broncos going up against the Las Vegas Raiders. This is being played in Allegiant Stadium in the middle of the desert. The Vegas Raiders are favored by two and a half points. This is so shaky. I will go first on this one. I'm going with the Raiders to get off the schneid. They are 0-3 at this point in time. They cannot start this season 0-4 with all of the pieces that they do have. Nevertheless, Hunter Renfro is out, but I still feel like they should have enough to get this done up against a Denver Broncos team that has not scored 20 points all season long. They may be 2-1 and at this point in time, but they still are in question on if they are the most questionable two-in-one team at this point in time. The Raiders, if you want to stay safe and alive in this division, you need this now. I'm going with Vegas. Um, I'll come to you next on this one, Mike. Who do you like in this one, Denver or Las Vegas? You know, TP, I agree with you. They say at home should be worth three points. So, I mean, it kind of tells you that Vegas still doesn't really think much of uh, – of their uh, home team, I guess, so to speak. But I think you're right. I think it's hard to see them at 0-4. Um, I'm not impressed with Denver. I feel like uh, Hackett, at least early on, is over his head. We'll see if he's smart enough to continue to make adjustments and figure out how to uh, highlight the strength of that team. I don't feel like that he's using Russ in uh, the most efficient way to maximize his talents. Uh, this offense is anemic, man. And, I mean, though at times uh, the Raiders have looked very pedestrian as well, I just feel like I thought the Raiders would win a week ago uh, against Tennessee. They disappointed me there, but I'm going to try to ride with them one more time, this time at home, and say that uh, they send the Broncos marching back to Denver. Uh with their heads hanging, you know, long-faced horse. Chandler, who do you like in this matchup, Denver or Las Vegas? 
The Raiders are favored by two and a half at home. Uh, like Russell Wilson said, let's ride. Um, I'm going with Denver. You know, it's funny how much criticism Russell Wilson gets because he's not out of the clubs, because he's not pouring around, because he loves his family, and he's not afraid to say that. Um, you know, he's square, he's this, he's that. Oh, he's not elite because he's not making a new coach. He understands that that coach is over his skis, but he's allowing that coach time to figure it out and not going in demanding anything. Yeah, he's not using Russell Wilson, right? Russell Wilson is going to let this dude try to learn. Um, and plus, it's Josh McDaniels on the other side. Come on, man. Come on. It's Josh McDaniels. Yeah, Denver's going to win. And, and I think by least the touchdown, Denver winning this game. Chandler has them starting 0-4 on this season. This is incredible, um, especially with everybody saying the AFC West is so loaded and the Raiders haven't been able to answer the bell. Uh, people better think before they start speaking. I, I, I didn't know it was going to be them. I thought Denver would be the bottom of the division. I was wrong. It's the Raiders, and they're clear-cut the bottom of that division. But we will see how this pans out. Last on the Sunday spectrum is the game of the night, waiting all day for Sunday night. The Kansas City Chiefs are visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs are favored at home by a point to me. This is virtually a pick em. Um, You know what, Chandler, I'll let you go first on this one. Kansas City or Tampa Bay, who do you like and why? I like Kansas City. Um, I think they collectively, coaches, players, whatever, they, they just walked into that game last week thinking, hey, we ain't that big a deal. We'll get this. And it looked like it. it looked like they showed up unprepared, all of them. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes is not going to have two terrible games in a row. Um, listen, man, divorce divorce affects people. It's real. When your family life ain't right, you ain't right. Okay, Tom Brady's dealing with a whole lot, along with the fact that he's got no healthy receivers, no healthy receivers, no healthy receivers. Kansas City by ten. Okay, Mike, who do you like in this matchup? Kansas City visiting Tampa Bay. It's basically a pick 'em, but Tampa Bay's favored by the point. Okay, a real quick update. Justin Jefferson just found the end zone for the Vikings. So they're now 25 uh they're now up 25-24 with the point uh pending in this game. I mean 25-22, my bad. And uh, the point's good, so now we're 26-22. I like oh, – I'm sorry, he missed it, 25-22. I like the Kansas City Chiefs. I think uh, Mahomes has more weapons. Now, I did see that uh, Godwin and Julio Jones were both uh, strong possibilities to play tonight. They said they want to test them both pregame uh, just to make sure, but they were leaning towards both of those guys playing, so giving Brady a few more weapons. I, you know, I think the smart pick should be Tampa uh, because their defense has played well and they are at home, and, and that's probably what I uh, should do. But I don't know, man. I'm just a believer in Mahomes and that, uh, and that offense, and I think that um, this is kind of a uh, – this line's going to take this as a challenge, especially because uh, Tampa beat up on uh, – on um, Mahomes pretty good uh, the last time they saw each other. So I, I'm going with Kansas City today. I think they're going to win. Now, what Mike just said actually pins a lot on my decision. 
Um, depending on the weapons coming to Brady, if Julio and Godwin play, I feel like I'm going with Tampa. But ultimately, I'm going with Kansas City. I'm going with Kansas City to win the game. But if he gets those guys to play, just know that I'm saying Tampa wins. I feel like that will actually pump the crowd up for Brady to have more weapons on the field. If he doesn't have them, I don't think Brady has a shot to go shot for shot with Mahomes. I don't think so at all. I'm going with Kansas City. I'll state, I'll state my claim in the ground right now. I'm going with Kansas City. But if Julio and Godwin play with Mike Evans and all of the pieces that they have, I find it difficult for that secondary for Kansas City to stop what Brady has in front of them, especially with Leonard Fournette saying that they're going to do better. But right now I'm going with Kansas City as it's presented to me that these guys aren't effectively playing at this point in time. But if they do end up coming out there on the field playing, I'll give uh, Tampa Bay the nod at this point in time. Okay, so we do have the Monday night game uh, coming up, and that is – the Los Angeles Rams going to Santa Clara to play up against the division foe in the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners are favored by one and a half at home. Um, I'll go first on this one. I think the Rams will win this game, but I think this will, this is that get your popcorn ready game. I think Jimmy's going to make this a game of it. Um, there was uh, clips and video of Garoppolo not being happy with what's going on with the play calling with the San Francisco 49ers and him talking to Shanahan the same way. Um, hopefully they get this done better. But with that happening, I, I think the Rams actually cruise to win this game uh, and push their situation to a 3-1 and one start as well. Um, Mike, your thoughts on this game? Who do you like, Rams or Niners? So this is another one I've kind of gone back and forth when, when thinking about picks today. Because when you look at it last year, I mean, the 49ers were kind of the Rams kryptonite last season, right? Like they beat them handily twice in the regular season. They really gave them all they wanted uh, in that NFC championship game before escaping with a, a narrow victory. I think that Jimmy G still kind of getting some of his timing back and this kind of stuff. I, you know, he is a, the, the more seasoned option, uh, the veteran option at quarterback and probably helps this team go uh, or reach its ceiling. Uh, but I just don't know that he's as in sync with those guys yet. I think that it, it, it's so difficult to predict the Rams right now. You know that Cooper Cup's going to get some yards. You don't know what's going to happen with that running game. Is Cam Akers going to get uh, three carries for six yards or – is he going to break a couple or whatever? I mean, he could go anywhere from three yards to 103. And then what does Henderson give you? He's kind of always up and down as well. Uh, I still think the Rams' defense is uh, is playing pretty well, you know, with the exception of that first game against Buffalo. But I, I still, at the end of the day, I think the Rams are still the better team, and I'm going to go with the better team to win the game. So I, I think the Rams eke it out over the 49ers. I think it's a close game, but I think they win. Chandler, Monday Night Football, Rams and Niners, division battle. The Niners are favored by one and a half at home. Uh, I'm taking um, Niners. Uh, for some reason, they can beat the Rams. Jalen Ramsey, I don't know uh, what's going on with him, uh, but he needs to get his, his entire act together. And I don't want to hear nothing from Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, shut up and run the plays that are called, but for whatever reason, um, what's-his-face can beat McVay. So I'm going with the Niners. 
Okay, fair enough. So we have rounded out week four. Um, I want to close up as best as I can, but before we do, uh, I want you guys to give me a discussion before we close out. Uh, the Thursday night matchup between the Dolphins and the Bengals, the Dolphins were undefeated at that point in time. The Bengals won 27-15. to 15. Um, Nevertheless, there was a game that took place Sunday, four days prior to that, where the Bills came to Miami and lost to the Dolphin team, in which Tua actually is the topic of discussion in both games. Tua was actually tackled and actually thrown to the ground, his his helmet hitting the ground, and uh, he visibly, for us, at home, didn't look well. He stood up, shook his head, took two steps, and collapsed. They brought him to the locker room. They did the, uh, you know, more more or less determination to see if he had a concussion or not. The guy that actually ran the scan or whatever said that he was okay, put him back in the game. He finished the game, and the Dolphins won. He looked visibly bad to us at home. Four days later, they put him in the game. He got the same type of tackle, thrown to the ground. His helmet hits the ground again, and neurologic. I can't even really pronounce his word. Neurologically, ah, I'm all over the place, but I'm trying. I'm trying. His head was all over the place. He could not. And uh, one of my friends that's actually a part of the barbershop said that the first thing that you try to do when you're out of it, you try to see your extremities or, or try to see what's going on. And his fingers were not, you know, cooperating with his, I guess, his judgment of what he was trying to do. And it scared everybody. It scared everybody. Um, the guy that actually made that determination has now been fired, as of I think yesterday or Friday. I think it's one of the two days that they got rid of. But how do they handle this stuff moving forward, especially when you had a movie called Concussion and the backlog of the situation around the CTE and how many players have been able to take this to court and win their uh, specific cases, so on and so forth. How do the Miami Dolphins go forward? They have so much weight on their shoulders, especially with, the coaching situation with Flores, now this with Tua, and we're at the first quarter of the season. I want to hear you guys talk about how you feel about this. I need a plug and close out once you're done. Chandler, I'll let you go off with this one first. Your thoughts on what happened Thursday night to Tua Tugavaloa? Well, now you know, I've had double-digit concussions. Um, I know how it's affecting my life right now. I know that I have memory issues. I know that I'm dealing with early onset uh, with dementia, I know that I'm not even the same person that I was. My entire personality ain't the same. So he never should have played. But all of these athletes, all these talking heads, all up in arms, I don't want to hear from none of you because you're a bunch of hypocrites. Because you had nothing to say before the game. You had nothing to say before the game. Just like I said about Justin Herbert, he shouldn't play last week, he shouldn't play this week. That's what should have been said. But nobody said it. So I don't want to hear from any of them. Tua should not be allowed to play. This is what game four until at least game seven. If you want to tell me that you actually give a damn about this man living past 50, 50, because how many former players don't live past 50? Every single day we hear about another former player in his late 40s, early 50s who's dead now. Dead. Okay? So if they truly give a damn about this young man, if the people around him give a damn about him living past 50 and don't just look at his lottery ticket and he won't play till week seven, he's probably going to play by week five. He'll probably play next week, their very next game. 
and that's the worst part about all this. Um, as always, guys, thanks a lot for having me. You know, I don't have anything to plug, so uh, thanks, man. That is for sure, and and we, me and him, speak in depth on everything, and I, I really want Chandler to be the best that he can be, and it is this is something that's tough, especially dealing with these concussions and things like that, that nature, because this sport, they're trying their best to make it not as violent as it is, but we grew up in a gladiator type of era, watching people get hit hard and so on and so forth, and he didn't take a hard hit, it's just the way that he was thrown to the ground and his helmet hit the ground and they needed to evaluate that better. And um, whoever the doctor was, um, he's no longer a part of that Dolphins organization. But uh, Mike, your thoughts on it. Uh, who do you, well, you know, who do you want to discuss more Tua, the Dolphins or the doctor, how you want to handle it? And I need a plug and close out as well. Uh, okay. So first of all, uh, I'll start with the fluff. You hate to see somebody lose a job, but when you make mistakes like this, and now they say the investigation came out and said several mistakes were made, uh, duh. Like, the layman can look at that and see the guy stumbled and kind of it kind of fell right after. I mean, he was completely out of it. Like, no way he should have been put back in that game. And obviously should not have played Thursday night. And Will Lutz just hit a 60-yard field goal, 59-yard field goal to tie this game uh, right at the two-minute warning. Uh, so you look at this and you say, we got to take care of our athletes better than this, especially with head injuries. Uh, to Chandler's point, you've seen – uh, guys in their late 40s, early 50s, dead. We know, you know, you think of the tragedy of Junior Seau and different guys uh, that this has happened to. And they're not even the ones that are dead, but how many people have messed up their lives because uh, they've damaged their brain? And so they've made uh, terrible decisions or done things that really uh, screwed them up or got, either gotten them in trouble or financial despair or whatever. Um, so or poor mental health or what I mean, there's just so many different uh, risks here. And I just think that at the end of the day, sometimes as an organization, even when it's about the money dollar, you've got to take care of your employees. You've got to take care of your people and uh, responsible coaching staff and responsible teams uh, have to save the uh, player from, from themselves. Because it is competitive nature to want to go back in. And the people that, that do pull themselves out get labeled as soft and whatever. Um, so we have to do everything we can at times to save the athlete from themselves because it can't always be on them. And even though you have the you have the neurological protocols and the evaluations to be done, and so you could say maybe they were clear or not, but I think that – those things are put in place to say if you don't clear those, then you're definitely – you shouldn't play. But it does not say that if you clear those, that you have to play, right? And at times, you've got to be able to trust your eyes, too. We know what we saw. And if we saw that, we know that coaching staff and everybody else did as well. So, uh, like, shame on you. But not only the medical – but the doctor that did it, not only – but uh, any of those coaches, anybody on the sideline that in any way endorsed putting this guy – 
uh, back into the game. His level of play wasn't the same. Now, he did make a couple of throws. He did make a couple of throws on third down and make some plays to for them to win that game. But that's irrelevant compared to just the overall long-term health of the athlete. Shame on you, Miami. Shame on your coaching staff. Shame on the people that did your protocols and that passed them. And you got to do better. You got to do better by the players. Uh, prayers up to Tua Tango Bailoa. Uh, I'm glad that he was clear and able to travel home with the team. Wish him speedy recovery. This is a guy who has had multiple injuries um, in his career, um, even in his college career, was marred with some injuries. So uh, I hope this kid can somehow find a way to stay healthy and be able to make a difference for this uh, for this franchise and maximize that young kid's talents. But Shame on everybody involved in this, man. Do better by the athletes. Um, As far as shout-outs, man, check out the website, sportscitychefs.com, Finger Foods, the articles, man, all of our shows. We've got the NFL free-for-all on uh, Tuesday nights. We have uh, the cookout timeless versus the villain where good always wins on uh, Wednesday nights. And then we have, of course, uh, this show, The Mothership, the uh, Sunday morning uh, brunch with Timeless on Sunday morning. So check out all of our shows and content, uh, PHI apparel.co use chefs to check out for 15% off. And then also check out the barbershop on clubhouse man with 13,000 strong and continuing to grow maybe up to, uh, close to 14 K now. I honestly haven't looked at the number for a few days, uh, but lots of rooms throughout the week, even times and definitely through uh, college football and during the NFL Sunday games, uh, Thursday games, primetime games, uh, it's always a place to stop by. It's a fun community. People like their teams, lots of trash talk, lots of good back and forth and uh, and good vibes in the barbershop. So come by and check out uh, everything that we're doing there, man. As always, much love to TP. If it wasn't for you, my brother, I wouldn't be here. Uh, respect to you, Tanner. It's always fun to share airways with you. And then to all the other chefs um, that, that uh, we work with on a consistent basis, man. Respect to all you guys. Respect to uh, Blog Talk Radio and everybody for covering us. And until uh, Tuesday night, man, say in Louisiana, les élèves en roulé. Peace. Um, I, I don't even know how to close this one out. Tua, I'm not going to lie. Uh, the fan of yours, you came in there to save Alabama uh, when Jalen couldn't get the job done, and you threw the bomb to Devontae and made a name for yourself. And um, been just like Mike said, you've been marred with injury. Your hip was displaced, and they got you back in rhythm. A lot of people didn't think you were going to be an NFL quarterback. You came in there, didn't really have your thing going. Now you got these guys to a good start because you got Tyreek there, part of the offense, and they're taking advantage of a guy and not looking at this guy as a human being. They're using him as an object. And I feel bad for two at this point in time. Just like Chandler said, I believe sit on him till about week seven, week eight, at least to be fair, because you watch this guy catch two concussions in four days. That's almost like a boxer getting knocked out. You said get back in the ring tomorrow. Like this, this is disgusting. Miami, your whole organization. I I don't even like what's going on with the Dolphins at all. Ridiculous that you got you guys are staying in the headlines for bad reasons for the past year, for the past year more than just one thing going on in Miami, and they got the feds on y'all too. So now y'all really got to worry about it. it. It's bigger than the NFL. So um, to each their own. My father would always say to each their own. You made your bet. You got to sleep in it. Um. 
We'll be right back here at Sports City. Y'all stay tuned. Me and Royce will be back around with the Crossover Cafe as the basketball season has started. Um, stay tuned. It should probably be around this week. I have to talk to them to make sure that we have this on point. But on that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. City chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman verse, MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the sports city chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Uh-huh. 